Today's sponsor is Headspace. You slept every night of your life, so you should be pretty good at it by now, right? Unfortunately, many of us don't get the quality sleep that we need and could use a little bit of help, and that's where Headspace has got you covered. It's your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. And while they have meditations devoted to helping you reduce stress and increase your overall sense of well-being, they have an entire library of sleep stories, sleep music, and other sleep sounds that can help you get the quality sleep you desperately need. And for busy lifestyles, they have what's called wind downs. It's meditations and breathing exercises that are as short as three minutes so they can fit into anybody's schedule. I personally use Headspace myself. I've tried out some of the sleep stuff. It actually works. Like to me, it actually makes a difference. So Headspace, it's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews. That's a lot. And over 60 million downloads. Try it today for free and start sleeping soundly. So right now, our listeners get 30% off Headspace's entire library of meditations. Just go to headspace.com slash sleep pod for 30% off your subscription, but only until May 12th. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash sleep pod today. This is the Smart Passive Income Podcast with Pat Flynn, session number 35. Ka-chow. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, he's a dad by day and entrepreneur by night, Pat Flynn. Hey, 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 what's up, everyone? And welcome to the... 35th session of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. I'm Pat Flynn, and I just want to give a quick shout out to Mr. John Melly. He's the voice guy behind the podcast intro here, and I've been getting a ton of people asking me, who does your movie guy voice? Who can I hire to do something similar for my podcast? Well, that's your man, Mr. John Melly. You can find him at johnmelly.com. That's J-O-H-N-M-E-L-L-E-Y.com. And no, he didn't pay me to say this. And, and in fact, I hope that the way he finds out about this is uh, from getting a bunch of people sending him emails and requests for his services. So if you do go to johnmelly.com, be sure to mention that Pat sent you. Uh, and that's my random act of kindness for the day. And so I'm asking you, what's yours? Do something nice for someone today. Like if you're in line at Starbucks or something, just buy the person behind you their drink. I mean, I seriously think we need more of this in the world. And and as you know, I always say this, the more you give back, the more you get back in return. Just random acts of kindness. So that, that's all I'm asking you, just to do one random act of kindness today to someone you don't know, to someone you know, your spouse or your kid, whatever. Just do it. Tell me about it if you want. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. So today we have session number 35, which starts a back-to-back-to-back series of success story interviews that I'm going to be sharing with you in a few sessions. And these success stories are from people who are making a living online who are not making a living online by talking about making money online or blogging or social media. These are people doing awesome things in all kinds of different niches and industries and and fields. I'm actually not going to tell you what they are because it's all over the board and, and super inspiring. So I'm, I'm going to let you get to know our guests in the next few episodes. And I did this about 10 episodes ago. I had also another series of success stories, and it was a major hit. The only difference this time is that instead of sharing three or four success stories in each episode, 
I'll share one. So the episodes might be a little shorter than usual, but I think each person deserves their own episode uh, here. So, uh, you know, I'll just post more episodes a little more often during this series, which I know a lot of you have been asking uh, me to do, uh, have more frequent shows. So hopefully this helps you a little with your craving for the SPI podcast, which is awesome. I, I really, really love that. Thank you. So today, the first success story we're going to hear about comes from Joshua Fields Milburn and Ryan Nicodemus, two totally down-to-earth, totally humble guys who left the corporate world to start a blog that just just took off. And, and, and the crazy thing is it's in a field or industry that I thought was totally saturated and sort of, sort of overdone, really. But I guess I was wrong. And, and so I think this proves that even if there's a lot of other people out there who are doing what you want to do, that's actually a good sign. You just have to do it differently and, well, better, of course. So here's the interview with Mr. Joshua Fields Milburn and Ryan Nicodemus from theminimalists.com. Okay, I'm happy to have Joshua Fields Milburn and Ryan Nicodemus from theminimalists.com. And they started a website at theminimalists.com to show people how to live a more meaningful life with less stuff. And it's crazy the amount of success they've had in such a short period of time. In le- in about a year's time, they've gained about 100,000 monthly readers, and they've left their corporate jobs. They've been interviewed uh, for the Wall Street Journal and on one of my good friend's sites, Zen Habits uh, with Leo Babauta, and many other popular sites. They've written three books, all which have climbed to the top of Amazon. It's just, it's just an amazing success story. I'm happy to have them on the show today. So Joshua and Ryan, thank you for coming on uh, the Smart Passive Income podcast today. Thank you for having us. Thanks a lot. And, and seriously, congratulations on your success so far. It's, it's very inspiring and very amazing. And I'm, I'm really stoked to share your story today. So, you know, but both of you have been able to make a name for yourselves in a very popular niche. Some would even say a saturated niche, the, the, the whole minimalism live a better life with less stuff niche. I mean, there's a, I know personally, I know dozens of people who own blogs and businesses around the idea of minimalism. So the first thing I want to ask you guys is, is what made you both decide to start the minimalists.com? You know, it's, it's kind of funny. It was, it was somewhat out of ignorance and I don't, I don't say that to be flip, but, but it's the honest truth. We, um, a few years ago, this is Joshua, by the way. My, my mother died a few years ago, and uh, I just started looking for, I guess, meaning in my life. And I was looking uh, in all the wrong places, and I knew that because this, this topic of happiness kept coming up. And Ryan and I, who've been best friends for a really long time, just decided we weren't happy. We had achieved everything we were supposed to achieve uh, from a corporate standpoint, from a societal standpoint. We had the big houses and the, uh, you know, the nice cars and all the gadgets and all this stuff, but we just didn't feel fulfilled. We didn't feel satisfied with our lives. And then when my mom died, it really started making me question a lot of, a lot of stuff. I was 28 years old at the time. I'm 30 now. And um, I, I realized that maybe I need to stop pursuing meaning in things and find what was really meaningful in, in my life. And I stumbled across a website just sort of accidentally called uh, Exile Lifestyle Colin by, Wright, right. yeah, by a guy named Colin Wright, who has become a really close friend of mine over the last couple of years. And I just stumbled across this thing, and, and he said he was a minimalist. And I had no idea what the heck that was, but I was, I was so distraught at the time, I just 
sort of said, hey, I don't know what that is, but I'm in. <laughs> and, and, and it just sounded right. I was looking for answers, and, uh, and I was able to find some. I, I discovered that when I got rid of a lot of the things in my life that were sort of in the way, I was able to find out what was most important and then focus on what was most important. And came to Ryan with this concept and said, hey, Ryan, you know, you've got a lot of stuff too. And uh, maybe we could document our journey online. And we really didn't know anything about blogging. In fact, if you go to our site, the, everything we write is we, we labeled under the term essay. That's because we didn't know any better at the time. When we started this thing, we, we didn't know what it, I, I, this is sort of my, my bad uh, misconception of blogging. But at the time, I kind of thought blogging was for 83-year-old grandmas cataloging pictures of their cats. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it was a horrible misconception. And I know that's wrong now. But at the time, I just didn't, didn't know enough uh, about it. So I said, hey, Ryan, why don't we do something online? And he said, great, I'm on board. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't quite that easy, but that's eventually what I came to. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I mean that, that that's really cool. So so the the blog was more of a of a, a way to document the journey that you've been taken into minimalism. Now, would you mind defining in your own words what minimalism is to, for the for the audience who doesn't know exactly what that means? Um, you know, depending on who you ask, uh, I think everyone's got their own kind of you know version of minimalism, but you know. Overall, minimalism, to me, it is paring down on the unnecessary things in life so you can focus on what is necessary and what's important. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> for me personally, I mean, that meant you know uh, finding a different career path and uh, getting rid of some major bills, paying off some debt. Um, but like I said, for everyone, it's a little bit different. But at the core, it's, it's paring down. So you can focus on what's important. Right, right. So so this is a very personal sort of journey for you guys that you're documenting on, on your blog. So how do you how do you create a business out of something like this so so personal and so in tune to to what is happening in your life? How do you how do you do that? That that was kind of accidental. At, at first it, our intention was not to go into this thing and, and make money from it. We both worked um, some pretty I guess well respected. I say that with vocal qu- quotes. There, <laughs> well respected corporate jobs. You know, by by age twenty eight, twenty nine, we we had climbed the corporate ladder over the past decade, and um, we had had these supposedly great jobs that we didn't hate, but we we weren't necessarily happy with either. Uh, but we when we started the website, we we were still doing those those corporate jobs, and we were just trying to figure out what was important in life. Uh, what we found over over time is a lot of people started reading what we were doing, and we were really surprised by that and, and really grateful. Um, we didn't start selling anything on our website at all, and people always ask. That was the first thing they asked. How do you make money off this thing? I would mm-hmm. say, well, we don't. Um, but but then you know, after a while, the, the demand was there, and uh, we published three books last year. And um, that's been our, our primary source of income. I and mean, we've done a few other things too, uh, whether, whether it's speaking gigs and, and things like that. But, but um, we have you know, sort of accidentally turned it into a business based on, on the content that we've created. A lot of people have found a lot of value in it. So, so if, if I were to radically attenuate that answer, I would tell you that uh, by adding value to people's lives, that they're willing to, to uh, support 
any anything that we offer if, uh, if we're charging money for it. Right. And, and you said the demand was there. And what do you believe that demand is for? Is that for information about how to live this sort of lifestyle? Or is it just demand for more stuff from you guys and people are just happy to pay you back for the information that you've already given? Or is it a mix of both, you think? Yeah, I think it's a mix of both. I think that right now we live in a society where you know people are, are looking for something different. I think that the American dream is is broken. Mm-hmm. I think it's becoming uh, uh, radically changed, and, and people are seeing that, and they're looking for for answers. And <clears throat> I think minimalism is something that people stumble across as one of the answers. I don't think that. Um, you know, the minimalism is the answers to everyone's problems. Well, of course I do, but you know, realistically <laughs> speaking, it's not going to answer everybody's problems, right. but, um, it, it does for a lot of people. And that's what we're finding is that it is helping out a lot of people kind of really grasp, uh, what's going on around them and what's important in their lives and what they need to focus on. It's helped them, help them do that. Very cool. I love that. So how would you say that you guys and, and your blog has become so popular in such a short period of time. I mean, you, you caught my attention, obviously, because I've, I've seen you guys around and your growth and success from your blog is what interested me. And that's why I have you on the show. And other people like Corbett Barr from thinktraffic.net have had you on the show for the same reasons. But, you know, before all that growth happened, when you were first starting out, how did you capture the attention of your audience and, and get noticed? Well, we, we just started started writing stuff and putting it up online, and, and I don't think anyone was, was really reading it at first. I remember about a month in, I, I called Ryan, and I was looking at the traffic it, that I just figured out how to do, actually, and, <laughs> and I said, you won't believe this, man. 50 people visited our website this <laughs> nice. week. Nice. <laughs> and, 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 and to be honest, you know, probably 40 of those were like Ryan and I and a couple <laughs> family members. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, so we didn't really have any any real traffic, but but if I were to sum it up, uh, I would say that the biggest thing that has helped us out is is adding value, and, and I know you actually hear that term a lot from us. It, it tends to come up uh, once some people started reading it. Something amazing happened. It was that, that snowball effect. If they find value in 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 what you do they're willing to share it. I know when I find something that just really resonates with me, if it's a movie, if it's music, if it's a blog post, whatever it might be, I want to share with people because it made an impact on my life. And, and so what we found is a lot of people started sharing what we were offering to the world once, once they sort of discovered it. And, and by sharing it, then you know they shared it with other people. And there's so many ways to share online now. Uh, obviously, your audience is familiar with that, whether it's you know, Twitter, Facebook, Google Plus, and, right. and all those other ways uh, that you can share. Uh, we found that people started sharing a lot, and then and then we started meeting a lot of like-minded people. You mentioned Leo from Zen Habits earlier. Uh, we've been able to develop a good relationship with him and, and a bunch of other people, and we never approached anyone and, and asked them, "Hey, can we be put on your site right away?" Like that. That wasn't sort of what we were into. We were into establishing relationships. So a lot of the, the sites we were featured on at first were people we had actually established relationships with over, over the prior months, whether it was Colin Wright or Joshua Becker from a, a website called Becoming Minimalist. It's a fairly popular site. And, and Leo and a bunch of other folks, we, we connected with them, found out ways to add value to their life. And then if there was a fit and we could be featured on their site, that was great too. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, great. So just to sum that up a little bit for the audience here, really it comes down to the content that you posted on your blog, which adds values to people's lives. So people are con actually connecting with your words and and you, and as a result, are happy to share that with anyone that they know or they you know ha have followers on Twitter or Facebook or, or whatever. And then secondly is the relationships that you've built with other influential people in this industry, which just happened as a result of the content that you posted on your site, not necessarily going out and seeking, you know, to, to write a guest post or be featured, but it just happened naturally because of what you've written on your site. And, uh, I, yeah, I, I would say we sought relationships. We didn't necessarily seek, um, uh, a reciprocal sort of transaction. Great, great, great point. Uh, uh, perfect. Okay. Now that you're monetizing your site, I mean, you, you, I, I'm still kind of, in the dark about how you are able to monetize something like this about, about minimalism. I mean, you're talking about taking things away from people, not taking things away, but, but decluttering people's lives. But then you're asking people to, to buy stuff at the same time. So how does that, how does that work? I mean, are you doing anything other than eBooks or is it, is it just an eBook and why are people buying it? Right. Yeah. So, so I think, I think decluttering is sort of the initial bite at the apple. Um, that, that's sort of the first thing. As I mentioned before, we had to figure out what was in the way so we could figure out what's important. So, so figuring out what is in the way and getting rid of that is sort of your first step. And, and it's a very important first step, but we, we tend to take it a, a lot further than that. Um, so we, we published three books this year, two of which were about minimalism. One was actually a fiction collection of mine. So my passion for the longest time has been, has been fiction. So it's utterly different than the other stuff, but the the books that we published, um, we, we're really lucky uh, to have the audience. They've they've done really well on Amazon and, and have reached you know number one or number four depending on the book uh, in in their respective categories and and it have continued to do really well for us. But I think yeah, the first part is about decluttering, but then it's what do you do after that? Because if you can get rid of all your stuff and just sit in an empty apartment and be totally miserable. That's, that's not our intent. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, as far as monetizing it, it's, it's the eBooks that that's really the core of your, of your business model there. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's all through Amazon. Uh, it is now we've, we've tested a lot of different things. I mean, we've done uh, PDFs, we've done Barnes and Noble. Uh, the nice thing about Amazon is that they, uh, their algorithms provide uh, sort of a, an audience that's outside of your own audience. So while your own audience uh, will participate in, in purchasing your stuff, the if, if your books sell well and they're reviewed well, uh, other people have the opportunity to see them that may have not visited your site in the first place. Mm -hmm. and, and you just came out with a new book uh, just recently called Minimalism, Live a Meaningful Life. This is your second book about minimalism, third book overall. And it's on. It's exclusively on Amazon. Is that right? That is correct. Um, yeah, we actually just, uh, like Josh said, we just uh, signed a deal with Amazon um, for exclusivity for all three of our books. Nice, awesome. And yeah, the newest book. Uh, it's on there. It's on there, and we just lowered the price too. So um, it's available on there for seven ninety nine. It was twenty four ninety nine. We were kind of doing some price testing, and um, we just lowered it so to make it affordable for everybody. And um, yeah, we just did that Sunday. Yeah, it's been out for about two months, and, and we found when we lowered the price that I think in the last in the last week we've 
less than a week, we've we've doubled our sales from from the last two months by by lowering the price pretty pretty drastically. Awesome, that that's great. I don't know much about the Amazon Marketplace. I, it's something I plan to get in in the future. Do you have maybe one or two tips as far as getting exposure on Amazon or how to really utilize that platform? I would say what I would do first is people people tend to shy away from it um, if they don't have a Kindle. But the nice thing about, about Amazon is if you don't have a Kindle, you can still read all of their books using the free Kindle Reader app which you can use on iPad, iPhone, your mm-hmm. web browser, so your Mac, your PC, uh, whatever, your Android device, your BlackBerry, and they all sync up too. So I wouldn't allow the fact that someone doesn't have a Kindle to be a barrier. And as long as you state that on your website, that, that for me, uh, we've had a ton of people now that have actually converted and bought our stuff from Amazon because it's, it's been really easy for them to read it wherever they are on any device that they have. Right. That that's a great tip. How as far as uh, getting onto the platform in the first place, is it pretty easy to to convert like a Word document or a PDF into something that could be sold on Amazon? You you can. Uh, we actually work with with uh, a guy named Chris O'Brien who who does editing relatively inexpensively, and I don't get paid any money to tell you that, but he's a good guy. Um, ebookeditor.com. Cool. And uh, I believe there's a hyphen in there. But um, he he's relatively inexpensive. He'll he'll format for any format that you need. But also that there there are software programs out there that you can use um, that are relatively inexpensive, forty fifty bucks. Uh, Scrivener's one that that I've uh, played around with. So so there there are different programs that will allow you to format so that you're not you're not paying anyone to format. Okay, gotcha. And then the last question about Amazon, really quick. I hear that it's really important to kind of structure your launch i guess of your book when it comes out in a certain way so that you can get into the top lists in amazon is that really the best strategy to use and how have you kind of uh, done that with particular launches that you've had for books you know we actually pat don't really have any advice on that because we haven't really done any type of strategizing as far as um you know keywords or mm-hmm. uh getting our book to the top of the list i mean in all actuality, I mean, our work, it's become popular because I think because we've been so genuine about it and we haven't really, you know, kind of, um, it hasn't been all about the sales. It's funny you bring that up because now it makes me want to figure out how to do that. Do you have any advice on that? Uh, I mean, uh, uh, again, I'm not very familiar with the Amazon marketplace, but I'm sure people have, you know, strategized about how to get more exposure for the book. So maybe that's something to, to look into from this point forward. I mean, you're already crushing it with just naturally putting it out there and having it naturally be exposed through word of mouth. So maybe, maybe it's time to take that next step and really do some uh, keyword research, but maybe you don't even need that so uh yeah i mean we can maybe talk later about that but but uh, i no, i was just that, that's <laughs> that's funny you bring that up. but um, i i do have one one tip that i've noticed that has helped us on amazon though great um so with our with our essays uh our essays book we actually had about 30 to 40 reviews left on there and they were really really positive reviews and they were genuine reviews um but you know we really uh went to our our audience and said, Hey, if you like the book, please leave a review on Amazon. And we really pushed for that. And we, we were able to get people leave a lot of reviews and that was able to get us, um, into the algorithm and, and popping up on, you know, the, 
recommend it, you know, uh, uh, readers who bought this book also liked this book, you know. Right. So we were able to come up with the recommendations that Amazon has for its readers. So uh, a lot of a lot of reviews, that's good a, reviews would be. That's a great tip. Thank you. Uh, a couple. Oh, 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 go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say, I mean, while we're talking about Amazon, a, a nice little benefit. And this was we just stumbled across this accidentally. A nice benefit of Amazon is you, you sort of get accidental reader feedback. It's almost like standing over the shoulder of someone who's reading your book and seeing what resonates with them because they highlight passages from your book. And, and the most popular passages, uh, the essay book that Ryan just mentioned, and there's a lot of passages in there that, you know, 50, 60, 100 people underline. And you can really see what resonates most with the people who are reading your book. And because they're, they're underlining different things and it doesn't it doesn't track it back to a particular person, but that's OK. You can see by and large what resonates with your audience so that uh, you have a good feeling moving forward. That is really cool. I did not know that that was uh, happening, but uh, that's really that's that could be really helpful uh, for, you know, to get that, you know, instant feedback and, and uh, see what resonates with people. So you can kind of maybe there's a certain passage or a certain essay that stands out and is always being uh, highlighted that you can then break out into a certain post or create a certain, you know, and maybe another product coming from that. Uh, that that's really cool. I didn't, I didn't know that. So thank you. I have a couple questions before we finish up the first question. And, and this is kind of an interesting one, you know, uh, minimalism and, and, and leaving a, min, a meaningful life without all that extra stuff and, and finding happiness is, is definitely something I can tell both of you are very passionate about. Now, how would you respond to this statement? Not all passions are profitable. Ooh, I would say, I would say that that's not true. Um, and I'll tell you why, <clears throat> because I think you can make money off of anything. It just matters how much money do you want to make? <laughs> yeah. If you're passionate about something, yeah, probably the better question to ask there is, is, is there someone making money off of what I'm passionate about? And if the answer is yes, then, then the, it, it makes the question sort of void. Right. But it seems to me that, that there are at least some people making money off of what you're passionate about, most likely. I can't think of an example where that would not be true. Mm-hmm. But it's funny you asked that question, Pat, because it really resonates with me. When I first started this whole venture, that was my first question because we had these really good corporate jobs and these really nice big salaries. And that's the first question I asked Josh was, how much am I going to make? And he was like, probably not as much as you make now. And it took me a while to accept that. But uh, I shouldn't say it took me a while. It, it didn't take me too long. Um, but regardless, I, I, eventually I finally decided like, yeah, you know, I might be making a little bit less money, but I am doing something that I love. And it doesn't feel like work to me. So, <clears throat> right, right. That's, and, uh, and no. that, yeah, that's, that, that's huge. And really, it, you know, a lot of people get, get so into, the, I need this money, I need, I need to get, climb the corporate ladder and do this and that. And, and they forget about really what truly matters and what makes them happy. Uh, so I, I definitely can resonate with that as well. And the last question I want to ask you before uh, we close up shop today is what are the top two or three things to consider when getting into a niche or a market that's already heavily occupied like i talked about before the minimalism kind of industry online has been around for a long time totally you know what i thought you know i if someone asked me hey should i get into the minimalism uh you know industry and start a blog about it i would recommend no but 
obviously you guys have, have <laughs> done very successful just recently getting into it. So what are the top two or three things to consider when getting into a popular niche or is it even something you should consider doing? Sure, sure. I mean, for us, I think we were kind of, like I said, I think we were kind of ignorant. We didn't know how popular it really was. We just saw a couple guys doing it, uh, Leo and Colin and, and, and maybe a few others, Joshua Becker. But um, what I would say is two things. One, add value. If what you're doing can add value to that, that space, then great. There's room for you. Um, if you're not adding more value than what's already there, if you're regurgitating information, then it's probably not a good fit. The second thing I would say is do it better than everyone else. Mm-hmm. And if if you can come in and do it better, and I'm not saying that we come in, we came in and did it better, but what what we see is you mentioned a number earlier, hundred thousand people a month uh, visiting our site, and, and that's great. It's it's it seems to be more than that now, but. The nice, the nice stat that we have is people spend over six minutes on average on our site. So it's eleven thousand hours a month. So, you know, we're not we're not TMZ. You know, it's not people coming there thirty seconds to look at pictures. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are spending hours and hours on the site because because of what's there. So if you can add value to people's lives, people will come. They will stay. They'll share your stuff. I don't think it matters what the niche is as long as you're adding value. Perfect. So one, add value to just make it better, see what else is out there and just take it to the next level. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Again, Joshua Fields Milburn and Ryan Nicodemus from theminimalists.com. Thank you guys so much for coming on the show. I really, really appreciate it. And this is some great information, some concrete advice, as well as some stuff that's very inspirational for people. So if people wanted to contact you and get in touch with you uh, from this point forward, where should they go? Uh, You can go to our website. It's theminimalists.com. And you can actually find all of our contact information on there. But uh, Pat, we really appreciate you having us. Hey, thank you guys. I uh, appreciate it so much. And hopefully we'll talk again in the future. Thanks, Pat. All right, thanks. All righty, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Joshua Fields Milburn and Ryan Nicodemus from theminimalists.com. And before we wrap up today, I just wanted to plug my free ebook really quick. I don't do this in each episode, but every once in a while, I like to drop it in there just in case you haven't heard about it yet. So if you go to ebooksthesmartway.com, you can enter your name and email address there and pick up a free copy of my How to Write an Ebook Guide. It was an ebook that I wrote way back in 2008 for greenexamacademy.com that turned into a six figure business for me. And that's where I got my start online. So I owe a lot to the ebook format. And so I created this guide to help walk you through how to create, how to publish, how to market, and even how to sell and automate your own ebook. So check it out. Like I said, you will have to enter your name and email to get access to that. But you can unsubscribe at any time. But I encourage you to at least wait until you get that first follow-up email tip from me for my for my newsletter. Like, let me prove to you that it's worth it to stay on my list. I don't sell anything. There's no offer every four emails in my autoresponder or anything anything like that. Just pure content. So enjoy that. And again, you can go to ebooksthesmartway.com. 100% totally free just for you. So thanks again, and we'll chat again in the next session with another awesome success story. Thanks, take care, and all the best. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com.
So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI. And today, I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast. Yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point. So I love that we're just facing it head on here. And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray. And in it, they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, setbacks, and flat-out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John, who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure, and it always finds a bright side. I really love it, and I think you will too. So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it. 